0: Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Brian Peacock here on this Tuesday. It's a mailbag episode, getting into your questions, mostly on Twitter, maybe a couple emails as well. Appreciate everybody out there who always gets involved, and there's always a steady flow of emails and tweets coming my way. So I've uh, got a lot that we won't hit all of them, but hit some today. We'll touch on some questions as well tomorrow with Nick Winkler on another Winky Wednesday. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at BDPeacock. That is the best place to get a hold of me. Or email Lockdown49ers at Gmail. Some news as well in 49er land before we get to those questions. Some transactions to cover. The biggest being, and this happened right as I was uploading the podcast for Monday, Raheem Mostert. That deal is done. Mostert coming to camp. He's happy. His agent is happy. Got a nice little bump. And his agent, Brett Tesler, when they declared that Ricky Mostert would like to be traded from the 49ers. The number he threw out there was something in the neighborhood of what Tevin Coleman currently makes, which is just under $5 million. So the 49ers were able to keep the same contract. Mostert's still under contract for a couple more years. $2.575 million was Mostert's base salary, a $300,000 bonus, and some other roster bonuses can get him up over $5 million, $5.6 million or something like that. So now he can still make... That money. He got he, he nearly hit an incentive last year, was just short yardage-wise. So the 49ers gave him that was part of the signing bonuses. The 49ers basically gave him the bonus he would have earned that he just missed last year, which is commonplace among teams to give a guy who, who just fell short of an incentive. That that bonus, and it wasn't a huge bonus, but you know, some goodwill there. And so Mostert is happy. The team is happy. Raheem Mostert coming back and He's going to be around for a while, and I think he's going to be the 49ers' leading rusher for a little while, if last season was any indication. John Lynch, talking with KNBR Tuesday morning, uh, he spoke about some of those things. I want to get to that in a second, but some other transactions. The 49ers need to get down from their normal 90-man training camp roster to 80, and in preparation to do that, they had to waive some players. Seven players were waived, a few more players were put on the pup list linebacker joey alfieri cornerback jermaine kelly safety Derek kindred offensive lineman ray smith quarterback brock rutter wide receiver chris Finky, aka the slippery fox we hardly knew you and defensive lineman willie henry jr those seven players have been waived from the 49ers roster still potential maybe for one of those guys to make the practice squad but that's hard to do if you don't have an opportunity to compete in camp and know preseason games to put some film out there. I mean, Brock Rudder, the quarterback, he was going to be the fourth QB. He was going to be the camp arm. There was, there was really zero opportunity for him to actually make the 49ers final roster. So that one's not super surprising, but they might want a guy who can uh, throw the ball on their practice squad. I think most teams will want to have a quarterback on their practice squad. So uh, could still be a candidate to do that. And then Debo Samuel and... Cornerback DJ Reed, they were placed on the active non-football injury list. Non-football injury lists are players that get hurt not playing for the 49ers. They were football-related injuries working out, but unless you're injured during the season or during practice, it's called the non-football injury list. So that's the injury list for Debo Samuel and DJ Reed who hurt themselves working out in the offseason. And then players who were hurt playing football last year have been placed on the active physically unable-to-perform list, a.k.a. the PUP list. Uh, That is Ronald Blair, wide receiver Sean Poindexter, center Weston Richburg, defensive lineman, Contavia Street, and Julian Taylor. Now, that doesn't mean they're not eligible to come off the PUP list until week six. That list is set up later, right before the season starts, but you have to be on this PUP list to be able to go on the other PUP list that does go into the season. So right now, these guys can come off this PUP list is physically unable to perform list at any point in training camp and get ready to go. But the team wants to put these guys on this list now, so if the season rolls around, they're not ready to go, then you can put them on that pup list, and they'll be out for the first, ineligible to play for the first six weeks, then you can pull them back off that pup list and let them get back in there. So it's a way to steal six extra weeks of rehab time for a player if you need it when you get close to the season. A little bit disappointing for some of those. Street, Taylor, richburg blair especially richburg was one that was supposed to be ready to go for camp now that doesn't mean he's not gonna be ready to go next week or whatever when things ramp up but uh, right now those guys are on the pup before we get to your questions i want to talk about john lynch's appearance on knbr this morning and he said some interesting things the biggest one about jamal adams were the 49ers interested in Jamal Adams as rumored did they make a call to the Jets uh sounds like they did not according to John Lynch Uh, basically he said quote it just wasn't a reality for us he you know he was a little concerned like he didn't love the fact that maybe they're gonna have to play him well they will have to play him twice a year that John Schneider was the one that went out and got him but you know he he talked about the cap and everything it would take to give up to get him. It sounded like he thought maybe it was an overpay by Seattle is just, you know, you, you can't go there. And it's what I'd said all along. And it would have shocked me if the 49ers did make that move because where the cap is, where the cap is going, you got too many other things to do. And, He talked about that. He said they're saving money for Kittle. They can't be going out and paying a safety right now and spending all those resources. The 49ers are going to need those draft picks. They're going to need to turn those picks into even more picks. So trading the next two first-rounders just did not make a lot of sense for the 49ers as currently constructed. He did say, though, that he loves that the 49ers are a destination that players want to be. I mean, that's a great place to be winning football games when when players are naming you as the team that they want to end up. You're talking about Tom Brady, a Hall of Famer, and... A guy who's who's entering stardom like Jamal Adams. They're saying, hey, we want to go play for the 49ers. That's that's a great place to be. As far as contracts go, Lynch did say he was upset that when when he heard that Raheem Mostert requested a trade, he's like, what are you doing, man? But he ended up paying them basically what he said that they planned on giving him all along. So I I don't know if it was just posturing, if they got a little bit more out of the 49ers because of that whole thing. But everybody's happy. He had very good things to say about Raheem Mostert. He didn't really say anything about the agent. So it makes me think that, yeah, he was like, "Uh, dude, what are you doing to the agent more so than Raheem Mostert. But Raheem's coming back. Everyone's feeling good about all that. You know who else is coming back and will be in training camp and not holding out is George Kittle. Lynch talks about the economic realities of a 2021 salary cap that you know, could be 40 to $50 million lower than what they had budgeted for at the beginning of the offseason, before the pandemic. But that he was, quote, hopeful, and that they were working extremely hard, and that it would be silly not to figure that out when it comes to a contract with George Kittle. Said it's a good working relationship with Kittle and his agent, no timetable for that to be done. It's a difficult contract to figure out because of the position he plays, but hopeful. And it sounds like they're they're working towards something, and hopefully that's something that could be done. And George Kittle is coming in, and he is under contract. He also hinted about a contract for himself, by the way. He basically said, yeah, Jed was like, look, after the Super Bowl, I'm going to re-up you. I'm going to re-up Kyle. Kyle was due first because... His contract was more out of whack with the top of the market of head coaches than John Lynch's was with the top of the market of GMs around the league, but he did hint that there might be a deal around the corner for John Lynch, locking him in a few more years to match that deal that head coach Kyle Shanahan got earlier this offseason, but that Shanahan was just up first. It's funny because every question that John Lynch gets, he's like, well... It would have probably been like this, except the pandemic happened. So now it's different, and it makes things more difficult. And it happened with his contract, happening with George Kittle's contract. I don't know if it maybe had something to do with their pursuit of Jamal Adams. If they thought, man, you know what? We'd love to get this great player. Maybe we can fit him in. Maybe we... And then the pandemic happens. It's like, ah, oh, we can't fit in something like that. But the George Kittle thing, it sounds like... I mean, it just has to get done. The fact that he said would be silly not to figure that out. I mean, that they're, they're trying to get the George Kittle contract done. They already figured out their he and Mostert stuff. He did say that the 49ers did not make a call. He told Mayoko this. The Niners did not call about Jamal Adams. That's a false report, according to John Lynch. And John Lynch is pretty honest. I don't know. It, it, it didn't hurt the 49ers to make a call if they did, if they maybe made the Seahawks pay a little bit more. That's all a good thing, even if they had no intention to actually sign him. Even if they just put that out there, to get a rumor going, even if they didn't actually make the call. That could also be something that helps the 49ers. You know, run a little interference there. Eight days of conditioning, then a day off. Then the team can start to ramp up with no pads for five more days, then a day off, then only about eight padded practices. That's training camp. That's the training camp schedule. They're going to put the pads on for maybe eight practices this year. No preseason games. This is going to be an interesting one. It hurts competition. It really hurts the young guys that are fighting for the back end of the roster. Those undrafted free agents, late round draft picks. The practice squad is 16 players this year now. It's going to be a big practice squad. So I think if, you, if you're if you not sure, they're just going to chuck players onto the practice squad because I don't think they have enough time to figure that out for some of those players. And that wide receiver competition, which is going to be interesting, I have to believe someone like a seventh round pick, Juwan Jennings, eh, going to he's going to be a practice squatter. I don't know how he can make the roster, especially with the numbers they have at wide receiver. Lynch was asked about wide receiver specifically. I want to talk about that coming up, and we'll open up the Locked On 49ers mailbag. Is your car on the pup list? Is your car physically unable to perform? Did you do the thing like we did where you didn't drive your car for a month and all of a sudden the battery's dead? Go to rockauto.com. They can take care of anything you need for your auto care. Rockauto.com has an amazing selection of batteries if it died. Get yourself some jumper cables. If you don't have jumper cables, go to rockauto.com right now. Go buy jumper cables as I did. It's something you need in every vehicle, especially in these times when your car is just sitting out there in the summer heat and people are rarely driving it. Engine parts, brake parts, oil, Whatever you need, rockauto.com has it, and they have reliably low prices. Such an amazing selection. Go to rockauto.com. You will be blown away by the selection they have on any vehicle you could imagine. I'm scrolling rockauto.com. It goes all the way down to 1909 Model Ts. Yes, they have parts for that. It's crazy. So fix up that old car, keep your new car running smooth, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Last takeaway from the John Lynch interview at KNBR. You can find that podcast at knbr.com, by the way, or I'm sure everywhere else you find podcasts, the same place you found this podcast. Shout out to my friends at KNBR. You can find me there occasionally as well, talking Niners. Lynch was asked about the wide receiver position and talking about the Debo Samuel injury. Nothing new with the Debo Samuel timeline. It's still that, you know, 10 to 16 weeks window. That's a large window. We could be talking about him ready for week one. We could talk about him out until October. It's pretty much the same thing as it's always been. So really nothing there new. He said Debo could miss some time, but could potentially be back and ready to go for the beginning of the season. Really, we won't know this until it gets closer, and you know it's not the time to have that answer yet. So all of the above is really the answer for that time frame for Debo Samuel right now with that broken foot, that Jones fracture. How about the rest of the wide receiver group? How are things going to file in behind Debo Samuel, or if Debo Samuel does miss games? I found it interesting, and maybe I'm looking too much into it, but John Lynch named some players by name. He started with Trent Taylor and Jalen Hurd. They are not on the injured list, as you might have noticed earlier when I talked about the guys on the PUP. That is not Trent Taylor. That is not Jalen Hurd. They're looking good, healthy, ready to go for training camp. So that's a great sign. They will be competing. For Trent Taylor, if he's healthy, he's going to be the, the slot guy, I mean, like, period. I, I think that's going to be the case unless maybe that foot just sapped that that quickness that he once had. But... I got to imagine he's in the mix there. The big slot, Jalen Hurd, could work in on the outside as well. Really would like to see more of him. He's only had one preseason game against Scrubs to to really go by, so I still don't know. So hopefully he's looking good, does not get hurt again. Not only that fracture, the hairline fracture he dealt with that kept him out all of last year, he's had injuries dating back to high school. So hopefully that is behind Jalen Hurd, and we can see what he can be in the 49ers offense. He mentioned Dante Pettis. He mentioned Kendrick Bourne. He mentioned Ayuk later, but not really even as much in this mix. And I think that's, that's if you're penciling in what a roster would look like for the 49ers, that's your six. And the 49ers traditionally keep around six wide receivers. Will they keep a seventh? Do they want somebody to run, return kicks? Maybe Travis Benjamin or Richie James could fit in there. I don't think there's room, as I mentioned earlier, for seventh round draft pick Jawan Jennings. I think that's a, a clear practice squad guy. I just don't know how you could expect him to be ready to contribute early in the season. They already cut Chris Finky one of their undrafted free agents. But, you know, if you're penciling this in, that's your six. The first rounder in IUK, obviously he's going to be there whether he's ready to play yet or not. Debo Samuels, Hurt, and then it's Dante Pettis, Kendrick Bourne, Trent Taylor, and Jalen Hurd. Those are the main four that are going to be competing for snaps right out of the gate. And I wish we would get a better glimpse of that happening in training camp and in the preseason. But we're really going to be flying blind. I think with a lot of the coverage of training camp this year, we'll see how much information we can get about that training camp competition. But I I just, maybe I'm looking too deep into it, but I thought it was interesting that those were the names he mentioned at wide receiver. Didn't mention Richie James. Didn't mention Travis Benjamin. Didn't mention Jawan Jennings. Didn't mention anybody else at wide receiver, except for those names. And really he mentioned Iuk later when talking about the draft. He didn't mention him in this segment asking about the wide receivers who were competing there either. So maybe he knows that not to expect a ton from Brandon Ayuk right out of the gate. But we'll see. Let's go to Nick on Twitter. He says, if the 49ers players opt out, where would be the least ideal? How does the opt out affect teams trading for players? Does it, will it result in an increase of trades? That's an interesting concept that, so a bunch of players, like you have a starter that opts out and now you have to trade for a new player. We saw Kansas City, the the first guy to set this trend and, and opt out. Now we're, I think, over 20 players who have opted out around the league. One of them being, speaking of trades, one of them being Marquise Goodwin, who the 49ers got a draft pick for a guy they sent to Philadelphia and now he opts out. So he's not even going to play for Philly. It wasn't much of a draft pick. Actually, they just moved up in, in a round. So, you know, it's not like Philly's out a ton there. But that's tough. You Make a little trade, and the guy you traded for, you wanted that speed in your lineup, and he opts out on you. It could increase some trades. I could see that happening. Absolutely. players are gonna, Teams are going to need to figure out where to plug players into new positions if their guys opt out we have to wait to see who opts out first. The deadline I think is going to be around August 4th. They're still trying to figure that out because they're trying to figure out the rules. This is all brand new as we go along here. Obviously for the 49ers, you don't want Jimmy Garoppolo opting out. You don't want your defensive linemen to strengthen your team opting out. Just all those key positions, offensive tackle, quarterback, corner, Richard Sherman. How much would that hurt if he opted out? Nick Bosa, right? So, um you know it wouldn't george kittle it wouldn't be good anywhere right now we're not getting any information on any 49ers though that are going to opt out so that's good news and hopefully everyone plays and is healthy this from peter he says after listening to akash on the pod last week which injury was the bigger factor for the defensive slippage last season, D. Ford or Joukowsky-Tart? I personally think it was Tart. The sack numbers went down due to teams speeding up their throws because the pass rush was coming. Um, I think they were hurt by both. If I had to pick one player to lose all season, I would rather lose the safety than the pass rusher. Even though the 49ers have a little bit more coverage there, I think there were times when... Marcel Harris didn't play great, but maybe a little overblown how bad he was. I mean, there was a clear drop-off from Tart to Marcel Harris, but then there were times he started to play a little bit better as well, and we saw that with Tarverius Moore too. I just think those guys need more playing time to play better. So if they got that all season long, let's say the 49ers lost either Tart or Jimmy Ward. I think those guys could come in and fill in for a while and would be better after playing a little bit. I would trust that over you know who's on the depth chart behind. We just... Ronald Blair's on the PUP, right? So on third down, you've got no D Ford. Ronald Blair's potentially not ready to go yet after his torn ACL last year. There's not much there on the depth chart at defensive end after that. You're going to have to go big up front and have Eric Armstead rushing from the edge or Solomon Thomas rushing from the edge in that case instead of from the inside where they should be on third downs. So that would be tough. Uh, I would definitely side with pass rush over a strong safety But you hope you don't lose either one. And I think last year they were both a factor. Sully says, what's up, BP? You think McKinnon gets significant playing time this year if healthy or too much rust? I talked about this Monday. I think he's at maximum a third down player just because, you know, you're going to give a guy 250 carries after he just missed two seasons because of a torn ACL. and, And the best report out there is that he's trusting his knee more now. So if he makes the team... That means he's probably going to have a pretty big role on third downs, but that's the most I think I would expect out of, out of Jarek McKinnon. I don't think you could expect more than that. And then there's a chance that, you know, he's not that same guy anymore and he doesn't make the roster at all. Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson, a couple of undrafted free agents. Mostert got his new deal. He's happy. There's a lot of bodies there at running backs, so they don't have to just keep McKinnon as a body unless he proves he's going to have some value for the 49ers, which would be as a pass catching back. Jesse wants to know what my take is on the future of Kittle versus Adams matchups. I mean, that's going to be fun. I mean, that's got to be part of it if you're the Seahawks, right? Why would you go so hard after a player like Jamal Adams? Fits the scheme, obviously. They've missed that presence since Cam Chancellor retired. But man, you got to cover George Kittle twice a year. You got to go chase around Kyler Murray twice a year. He's a really good player, but specifically in the NFC West and someone like George Kittle. I think that's an even bigger reason why you go out and get a player like that. I think those matchups are going to be fun because both guys are confident. Both guys are fast, athletic, powerful, and don't back down. I mean, I can't wait to see him. Buck- I mean, everyone's talking about the you know the coverage matchup. Jamal Adams covering George Kittle. I want to see the matchup in the running game. That's going to be fun. This matchup is going to be, it made the NFC West better and more fun to watch for sure the addition of Jamal Adams. Uh, I can't wait for that. And both guys are going to make a lot of money for their positions in the NFL as well. Very soon. This one from Robbie. How far into the season do we look to trade for a veteran wide receiver? (laughs) I I don't know. It's a good question. Maybe week six, seven, eight again. Maybe not at all. It might make more sense to trade for a guy now though. Because if Debo's going to miss time, you want someone in there early. You want someone to learn the offense and be ready to go all season long. Maybe if the 49ers take a look at what they've got and they don't like it. And Debo turns out to be, you know, the, the the longer end of that prognosis and the longer end of the spectrum of how many weeks he could potentially miss. And the 49ers are sitting there thinking, man, we got to do something here. We've got kind of a banged up group and it's not dynamic. And there's somebody available to go trade for, go make a move. I, I would not be shocked if the 49ers ended up doing that again, just like they did it last year. but, They had an opportunity to bring a veteran in, and they did not, so I really get the feeling that they're cool with going into the season with what they have. Maybe that opinion will change quickly once they see these guys in camp, though. All right, we're moving along quickly here. I answer these a lot quicker when Nick's not with me here. We we will hit some tomorrow on Winky Wednesday, but we'll finish up today's Locked On 49ers mailbag next. Kevin on Twitter says, Hey, Brian, the last time I saw the 49ers had around $12 million in cap space this year. Is that something they can spend to help with any of the new contracts they need to do, like secondary, if not Kittle? Yeah, it's funny because there's not really been much talk of re-upping any of the other potential free agents. Like, could they get a deal done right now with Joukowsky-Tart and lock him in long-term, now that the the Jamal Adams thing is off the table? Is there a player they could get better than Tart to play strong safety for them next year? I don't see it. Maybe they could go into the draft, but... Yeah, I wouldn't be completely shocked, but nobody's really talking about a potential extension for uh, Joukowsky Tart, or Kaywon Williams or Richard Sherman. Trent Taylor's been talked or Trent Williams, excuse me, has been talked about. He will be he will not get the franchise tag placed on him and he'll he'll talk contract next year. So he's locked in for this year with that restructure. So that one's that. That one's definitely not happened. But yeah, maybe some of the others could get done if they can't get the Kittle one done. But I think that $12 million, whether it's spent now or whether it's rolled into next year's cap that would put them at around $15 million under if it does become a $175 million salary cap, I think that money is earmarked for George Kittle. So once George Kittle's done, if there's anything left, maybe they can figure something out with someone like Joukowsky Tart. But any major deals will probably have to be next year. Kittle aside. By the way, great timing by Jimmy Ward to get his contract in. Eight mil a year. I don't think he would have gotten eight mil a year this coming off season or right now, currently, with the way things are with the salary cap going down. Tart's probably gonna say, that's ah, about right for me too. Eight million dollars a year. I don't think Tart's getting that much either. This is going to be so interesting going forward. There's gonna be a lot of free agents and not a lot of money to spend with a shrinking cap. Kong on Twitter asks, Will Jimmy G ever get the respect he deserves? I get he isn't physically gifted like Mahomes, Jackson, Watson, but the guy just wins. I don't know, Kong. Have you seen the newest top 100 by NFL? The NFL top 100 as voted on by the players who do the worst job, by the way. There's a lot of top 100s out there and a lot of different subjective ways to rank players. And sometimes you use stats. Sometimes you use positional values. Sometimes it's just a vote. Players vote on this one, and the NFL 100 is, is always the worst list that comes out every year, and and people get really mad about it. I don't really pay much attention to it, but judging by those player votes, Jimmy Garoppolo is well loved and well respected in the NFL. Went to the Super Bowl, got voted number 43 best player in the NFL, which is so much higher than I thought he was going to be. Once I saw the the 50 to 100 or so, I thought, oh man, 49ers fans are going to get pissed off because Jimmy G's not even in the top 100. And lo and behold. He just wasn't announced yet because he was actually higher. He was 43 overall. So that's a lot of love. That's probably the most love as far as a a national stage that Jimmy Garoppolo has ever gotten. So maybe that's the new normal for Jimmy G. He's going to be better. As Kyle Shanahan put it, talking to Chris Sims the other day, how could he not get better? Of course, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to get better with more reps. And that's what I expect. And with that will come more respect, I think. So just wait for it and Just smile about it and see. Yeah, I told you, Jimmy G's the dude. People were really mad too, <laughs> about like, especially people who are not big Jimmy G stands, they were mad about how high Jimmy G ranked on that list. So, there's a win for you, Jimmy G fans out there with that NFL 100. Jason wants to know if COVID cure that doctors spoke about yesterday in DC will make it to the 49ers locker room, how quickly. Will that change current plans or will they need to wait for clinical trials? That's way out of my realm, Jason. I have no idea how long something like like that takes. I think it will be fast-tracked through those trials as quickly as possible to be something that is safe for everybody. I don't think they're going to go around and guinea-pigging it on NFL players just because we'd like to see some sports out there. But whenever it's ready, that's a huge step for everybody worldwide. Like, we can start being normal if there is a cure or a vaccine out there. And uh, uh, I, I've heard some a lot of things about this one that I think you are speaking of now. I don't know how accurate that stuff is. It's out of my realm. We'll find out once it is available. That'll be a huge step. Uh, that's what everyone should be praying for right now is a vaccine and a cure for COVID-19. Clint says, hey, Brian, in your heart of hearts, Where would you rate Garoppolo as a quarterback from 1 to 100? I'm not a troll or a trash talker, by the way. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on him. And Clint, by the way, has a Kansas City Chiefs avatar here. So uh, that's why he said he's not a troll or a trash talker. He was just interested in what I had to say about Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, I will say this. If I did a top 100, I don't think I would have Jimmy G. And I like Jimmy G a lot. And I think he is getting better. And I think he's going to be better next year at this time than what he has been so far. If we were doing a list again next year, top 100, I would be willing to bet that his stock rises. 43 is probably higher than I would put Jimmy Garoppolo. I have to admit that. I don't know where exactly I have I would put him. He's not in the top tier of quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he's really good, and he's a great fit for Kyle Shanahan. I love his release. At, at times, he looks like you know vintage Joe Montana. Just needs consistency. And I think he can get there. He needs some better weapons. He doesn't have Jerry Rice either that he's throwing to. He doesn't even have Dwight Clark, right? So uh, I think as the offense gets better, I think as Jimmy Garoppolo gets more reps and the talent around him continues, well, I, I, George Kittle. Like Joe Montana didn't have a tight end as good as George Kittle. Brent Jones was great, but he's no George Kittle. So Garoppolo does have that, and George Kittle works in the part of the field that Garoppolo is best throwing to. Jimmy G is not done, so I, I I can't put a number to that. I think he would be in my top 100 players. He would not be in the top 50, though. So somewhere between 50 and 100 is probably, without putting too much thought into it, where I'd put Jimmy Garoppolo right now on a top 100 list. He would definitely be higher than Todd Gurley, who was number 51 on the list, by the way, which which I was shocked by, because he was a guy that the Rams couldn't even trade, even though he's the 51st best player in the NFL. The Niners could trade Jimmy Garoppolo quite easily if they wanted to which they don't. But anyway, the NFL Top 100 list is trash. We won't talk about that much anymore. We will talk about a lot of other things, though, tomorrow with Nick Winkler, answer more of your questions. There's some emails here that I am bookmarking that we will talk about as well. So thanks for all the tweets. Thanks for all the emails. And we'll talk to you tomorrow right here, Locked On 49ers.